0: Welcome to Break in Bible with the Tully Adventurers. Explore! It's a good day for some good news. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. That's Jesus' good news to us in John 16, 33.
1: As we face this new day and all it has for us, we find courage and hope in the only trustworthy words available. Tully Adventurers, Explore! The Bible! <laughs> good morning or good day to you wherever you are at. And whenever you are hearing this or listening to it, we are grateful that you are with us. We've just listened to First Thessalon- or, excuse me, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And so if you get an opportunity, go ahead and listen to that so that you know where we're coming from as we talk about what we're going to be talking about today. So, Jennifer, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you as you listen to this? Hey, Ben.
0: Yeah.
1: All it is right. a good breakfast.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> so, I'm um, somewhere near verse 7-ish. His coming will be the break we've been waiting for. Yeah, that was it. That was the thing. (laughs) I think of all the times that I've been, that I've had thoughts like, if I can just get through this next client, then I'll be okay. If I can just get this next check, then I'll be okay. If I can just, like, like it's going to be some miraculous thing. Mm. And don't get me wrong, those things are helpful. Sure. But... His coming will be the break we've been waiting for. So, thinking this idea that <clears throat> life shouldn't be like this. It should be like that. Okay. Um, when is this going to end? These are thoughts that I've had. You know, When is this season going to end? This is horrible. I feel horrible. But really, His coming will be the break we've been waiting for. Um, it reminds me to Be grateful for the challenges and accept. Accept that there are seasons of life where I just will be grieving. And there are some seasons of life that will be painful.
1: Interesting. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's not easy. Um. Mm -hmm. know it's so easy as we read the Bible to look for okay when is the suffering gonna be done mm-hmm. and we're hoping for some kind of relief and that's okay this is the real world where we have to deal with things that are painful and relief would be nice um, in fact the verses that come before this And starting in verse 5, all this trouble is a clear sign that God has decided to make you fit for the kingdom. You're suffering now, but justice is on the way. And when Jesus appears, that'll be the breakthrough. The break we've been waiting for. I think one of the difficult things about reading the Bible is that, well, when's Jesus going to appear? It's been 2,000 years. And in many of the other parts of the Bible and even in Paul's other letters we hear about continue to live a simple life continue to do what you need to do continue to learn how to mourn and grieve well to accept reality um, instead of the over romanticized dreams that we have of it you know yeah, I'd love to wait for Captain America or Iron Man or Spider-Man to come save me, or maybe Thor, you know, some, Thor. some hero who's going to come save us. <laughs> um, so our hearts are still definitely waiting for the Savior, for Jesus to come, for human beings to reach that place where we are more like Christ, or like Christ entirely, so that we can then move out of this suffering. And yet, to get to the place where we are fit for the kingdom, we have to go through the suffering. We have to... Man, I was thinking about this. It was rough for me, but uh, I was listening to Dr. Jordan Peterson and his Four Horsemen of Meaning. (laughs) So... He's a psychologist, they had a psychiatrist, they had a Catholic church leader, and I think they had a Protestant church person as well. Um, Fascinating stuff. But it talked about how we can get to this place where we think that religion is about how we feel, and so we go to church trying to get that, that dopamine rush, you know, or that that feel-good, that uh, happiness. And that's not relationship with God. We're in pursuit of a feeling. And as long as the church is giving us that feeling, then like a drug addict, we'll go back and keep going to church. But as soon as that feeling's gone, and the interestingly enough, it was the Catholic priest who pointed out Actually, if you look through the history of people who really loved God, they weren't... God is not a feeling. God is not that happy feeling that we're searching after. God is not that mournful feeling that gets us through grief so we can, you know, tell ourselves that as long as we'll go through this hard time, then we get to have the happy feeling afterwards. Mm -hmm. You don't know how to feel happy until you've felt sad. Oh, okay, well, I'll just go feel sad so I can feel happy. And in the pursuit of that feeling, Mm -hmm. we miss out on relationship with God. We're not in pursuit of God, we're just in pursuit of a feeling. And I've been there, I've done that. Um, We're in pursuit of our own knowledge or understanding. We've talked about that a lot in some of these past conversations that we've been having. You know, if I can just figure it out, if I can just fix this situation, if I can, I'll build the technology that will stop human suffering or lessen human suffering or whatever it is. And it's still not the pursuit of God. It's pursuit of this earthly thing. And as I've mentioned to you before, I believe it was C.S. Lewis. I still haven't looked up the quote, but if you aim for heaven, you get earth thrown in. If you aim for earth you get neither earth nor heaven and so here we are not realizing that we are aiming for earth we think that because we're going to church or doing this religious thing or whatever it is that we're aiming for heaven that we're aiming for God and we don't realize no I'm just chasing a feeling I'm just chasing my own understanding I'm just chasing my own morality I'm just chasing my own technological advancement. I'm just chasing these things that don't actually put me in correct alignment with God, which means I don't have correct alignment with reality. And so most of this suffering that I'm going through, if I would embrace it, could break these things that I'm after that are not God, break my addiction to them, and then getting into that correct alignment with god you know there will still be suffering but it's not gonna affect me the way that suffering affects me right now and man i'm I'm just blown away because another thing that, that that catholic priest in particular talked about was how we flattened out our churches we took away the beautiful we took away colorful things within our churches. We took away um, the saints and the angels and the demons and the, you know, you don't walk into the Sistine Chapel and think, uh, meh. And they talked about how people just naturally kind of, if they go to a city, they somehow end up at a church because the church is still has some beautiful thing to it, while so much of the rest of the architecture of the city and everything else in the city is is not beautiful. It doesn't please the eye. It doesn't catch you or draw you to it. Um, We went on a tour in the French Quarter, and our tour guide said, I think the government's job is to tear down beautiful buildings so they can put up a government, uh, you know, just brutal, terrifying building. But it's, it's sad that we have grown up in a time when the church has flattened itself out we're not in pursuit of God, we're not, there's no beauty, there's no wisdom, there's no truth, there's just sort of a well here's how you can read this with some historical context and here's how you can, well why am I going to church? It sounds like I should just go to a English lit class at a college and I'll get the same understanding of how to read the Bible. I'm not here to learn how to read the Bible, I'm here to I go to church because I want to engage in a relationship with God. And so, it's so interesting that the Thessalonians here have to go through this trouble to become fit for the kingdom. And Paul's first letter was, hey, I'm your cheerleader, you're doing a great job, keep it up, it's gonna feel good, here's some feel good stuff, here's your your pat on the butt, get back out on the field and keep going. And his second letter, because they're in a different situation now, he's still speaking to the people, meeting them where they're at. And his second letter is, hey, I know you've been going through some difficulty. This is normal. This is part of life. Let me, let me normalize it for you. Let me help you understand we are, we're all human and we all go through this. And the reason we go through this suffering is because we're holding on to these things that we think are good, or the ultimate good, or at least better than what we would have been holding on to. I know I grew up with a lot of that. Um, You know, this idea that people will at least be better than they would be if they would just go to church. If you go to church, you'll be a little bit better as a human being than you would be if you just don't go to church. Because the church will give you some moral ideology or whatever. And it was heartbreaking like that's that's the best that we can do I was so disappointed I've been disappointed with the church often and once again it reminds me that if I'm going to church for a feeling or what I think of as a good feeling (laughs) I'm still missing out because when I go to church and I feel a disappointment that means I'm going to church for the wrong reason not the church is wrong and maybe it also means that the church is wrong both can be true but if I'm only going there to once again get that that jolt of happiness that quick excitement that feeling like I belong to a community okay so now I can go be lonely for the rest of the week but I'll show up on Sunday and we're all there as a community and there's so much heartbreak in all of that there's so much heartbreak and i just i'm i'm lost in all of that today you know um i remember going to bible college and there was just something still missing i grew up in church i went to bible college with a bunch of people who were also you know they'd grown up in church for the most part and (laughs) What was that laugh? A little snort and chortle.
0: I'm over here like, Bible college? I didn't even know Bible college was
1: a thing. Nice. Nice. Sorry, a private Christian college is the way that people talk about it. And so you have to take some Bible classes and all of that. And once again, it, it's just so dry. It's not the actual relationship with God. It's just some some more information, um, and particularly now, you know, we have Google, we have the internet, we have all this information at our fingertips. Everyone has a full encyclopedia, and everyone's thoughts and opinions ho- held in their hand. All this information, and we still don't have fortitude to deal with hard times. We're still suffering. We might be suffering more because we have so much information right at our hands.
0: Or we're angry that we're suffering.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: don't know about you, but sometimes I just get mad. Like, why is it like this? <laughs> it's not supposed to be like this.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems to me that... We don't... We don't think we need to pursue the truth or how to relate to people, or who people are, because uh, for me personally, hey, I've read about personality theory, now I know how people are, and then I go and try to interact with people, and (laughs) that information just doesn't serve me as well as I hoped it would. Um, I'm still not feeling a connection or closeness to another human being, just because I've been able to figure out and put them in some box that says they're this kind of personality or that kind of person. or So all the information just doesn't seem to be helping me as much as I hoped it would. So yeah, I know, you know, I grew up in the Bible. I know most of these stories. I know most of the information. But I still, there was a book, it was called, I believe, Fox's Book of Martyrs. And it's the stories of all of these different people who through the ages have died for their faith. And I just think to myself, where is the, that kind of strength? Where is that kind of fortitude, that kind of resolve, that kind of willingness not to pursue a feeling, not to pursue an experience, not to pursue more information, knowledge, whatever you want to call it, but a belief that's so Strong that you would actually die for it. Because we got a lot of opinions floating all over the place. But I'm pretty sure if most of these people had to die on that hill They're not going to do it because it's not that important. It's not actually more important than my relationship to my kids It's not actually more important than My relationship with my spouse. It's not actually more important than real life things that actually matter. So I'm just kind of struggling this morning with such an over romanticized idea of what the Bible should be or what I should get from the Bible and I like that Also brings us back to being who God created you to be not who you think you're supposed to be mm-hmm. not some dream of you know in verses in verses 1 and 2 Paul greets the people and he says our God gives you everything you need makes you everything you're to be man I want to fight that so much No, I'm supposed to be more. I'm supposed to be something else. I'm supposed to be, I was supposed to be a rock star. I was supposed to be, um, I was supposed to be Jordan Peterson and be doing what he's doing. I was supposed to be whoever or whatever I thought I was supposed to be when I was younger. By now I was supposed to have a house and two kids and, um, be able to, to live in the same place and I certainly can't live in the same place that's why we live this RV life because I just get so messed up and I'm wondering is this who I'm supposed to be has God made me into what I'm supposed to be and I'm still just fighting it because I want to be something else something other than what he created me to be so I'm still trying to figure out Okay, God, I'm not I'm not supposed to be a disabled veteran who is a full-time RVer having these talks with my wife about, I didn't even know if I was going to get to have a wife, so thanks for that one, but having these conversations about the Bible and putting them out there so people can see our little reality TV moments, I was supposed to be this other thing. And so I'm i'm not in alignment with god i'm not in alignment with reality because i'm struggling with my life was supposed to mean more to more people and i have no idea what my life means to any people because i don't talk to them i don't ask them and even if i did how could they articulate it or would they even know or would they think i'm just being a prideful jerk who's trying to You know get them to admit that I mean something I'm I'm struggling with all that this morning and I don't know what the answer is obviously it says our God gives you everything you need and makes you everything you're to be but I don't feel like I'm what I'm supposed to be I don't think I'm what I'm supposed to be and so that whole faith thing is an actual practice uh, a doing not just it's a discipline of doing it every day kind of like exercise you know or brushing your teeth it doesn't seem to be doing making a difference in that one time it doesn't necessarily feel good we've talked about the days when you read the bible and there's just nothing and the other days when you read the bible and woo, there's there's some big revelation or or feeling or something so I'm just kind of struggling with all that, my love, and I don't really know what to do with it today. And I know there's other stuff that we're going to have to do for the rest of the day, and reality's going to close in on us after we get done with this, and the dog needs to be taken care of, and I didn't do laundry on Thursday because it was Thanksgiving, so, you know, got to go handle that, and I think that's one of the main things that was so over-romanticized in my life not being connected to just a simple, all right, I get to do laundry, and thank you God that I I get to do this simple thing that's taking care of my family. I get to make breakfast. I get to do the dishes. I get to um, I get to have a job and go to a job. Just this thankfulness for the simple things of life that make make what life really is instead of this over romanticized notion of, I can become pure. I can become a moral, virtuous pillar or statue of what that's all supposed to mean. I can become, how about God's made me to be what I am? And it does not align with all these ideas, even my churchy ideas of who I'm supposed to be. Like I was just saying, being virtuous, being moral, being religious, being whatever. We fill in the blanks with so much. I'm supposed to be fill in the blank. So what do you got, my love? I'm I'm just struggling with all this today.
0: just gonna take a deep breath real quick. Sure. In verse 11, it starts out with, Because we know that this extraordinary day is just ahead, we pray for you all the time. And here's the part that's standing out to me now. Pray that our God will make you fit for what he's called you to be. Pray that he'll feel he will fill your good ideas and acts of faith with his own energy, so that it all amounts to something. So, I just want to recap what I heard you say, and that's that in and of themselves, you know, these innovative ideas or emotions or or chasing, you know, this or that, They're not bad on their own, but when we substitute that for our relationship with God, that's where the, that's where the problem is. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, on one end of it, I feel like for myself, I was at this place where I could figure it out or I thought I could figure it out. Right. And I would just My brain was spinning so fast and so hard just I would I ignored taking care of myself mm-hmm. um, and then the pendulum swung to well maybe I'm not supposed to think that hard and and work on having these new ideas and and all this maybe that's bad I shouldn't do all that and then I read this and that he'll fill your good ideas and acts of faith with his own energy. And I definitely understand what you what you you mean about you go to church and you have these expectations of what church is supposed to feel like, look like, sound like, and you know I'm reminded to manage my own expectations what am I chasing here? What am I doing here? You know, maybe I go to church and what they're talking about, I've heard a million times, or it's not what I want to think about today. And so I just, meh, what time is it? When are we done? Um, anyway, I think too that, You're talking about flattening flattening out the church um, I think that it would be easy to flatten out a lot of things right now um, in this idea of cancel culture um, you know it's so easy to want to flatten things out not talk about this not talk about that you know Or be very private about what we talk about because, you know, we might offend, you know, this person or that person or whatever. And, you know, I'm guilty of it myself. I mean, one of the first principles I learned about business was don't talk about politics, don't talk about religion. You know, you don't want to offend people because it will impact your business. Well, you know, for many, many years in business, like, I would never talk about my faith. I would just kind of gloss over it and move on to the next thing. Um, and then when I was in this last stint that I did behind the chair when we were in Ventura, I stopped doing that. And if people wanted to talk about faith and they asked, I would answer them. Um, and you know what? it did not have a negative effect on my business it did not and the truth is even if it did that's so much more important than than the money that i made mm-hmm. huge shift in thought huge shift in behavior for me <clears throat>
1: I'm fascinated by how so many of the stories are exactly what you just talked about people who so many of the stories in the Bible are stories about what you just talked about which are people who believed that they and held on so tightly to this idea or way of doing life and then they were transformed in how they thought they had to give up like you did This idea of how things were supposed to work, and when they were willing to do that, it transformed their whole lives and became something different than what they thought they were supposed to have or or wanted it to be. How has that affected, so how did it affect your business? How did it affect your life to give up this idea that you weren't supposed to talk about religion And be willing to speak about what you actually believe and what you care about.
0: I think more than anything, there was a feeling of peace behind the chair. There was a feeling of... I don't have to hide this thing. That was just energy, more energy spent than needed to be. Mm. And so... I really enjoyed my time behind the chair. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed those clients coming in. You know, it wasn't just the physical work, but I actually enjoyed the people coming in. I found this gratefulness for what, you know, they were bringing and I was bringing. Um, And I am someone who, I mean, I teach about business all the time. it was kind of the final piece of shaping my beliefs about business too. Um, I think about, you know, my, my career with, with and how many amazing, amazing moments there have been in over 20 years. But I will say, hands down, the most amazing moment in my career there even was when I had, when I was having a serious struggle And I needed to do something contrary to what my beliefs said I should do.
1: Your business beliefs or your religious
0: beliefs? My my business beliefs. Okay. Which, for most of my life, were probably stronger than my my faith. Um, And my boss hugged me and in a moment said, Go and do what you need to do. I'll be praying for you that was the most beautiful most beautiful moment in my career with Reichen. Um and it was just such a simple thing. It was not the earth shattering, you know, I finally made it to the top feeling that I thought would have been the most impactful moment in my career. It wasn't at all. It was very quiet. It was whispered in my ear it was. It's so easy to get caught up in how we think things should have been. I know I've done it (laughs) many, many times over.
1: So the other thing that, thank you for sharing all of that. It's helpful to hear real life stories of how our lives are impacted and what they're impacted by. Right. Um, I'm reminded today of a quote that my pastor, that I grew up under, would say. He'd talk about how people would get so heavenly-minded that they're no earthly good. <laughs> in that tension between being earthly good and being heavenly minded having what's most important and, and who God is be of value to us and taking care of our kids and our jobs and our lives and the, the simple things the laundry the the things that we need to do day by day and I wonder about how we're dealing with that tension Mm -hmm. i think more often than not it's easy to pick one or the other and (laughs) not live in the middle of that tension because the tension is stressful go ahead
0: you just described what Jesus' life was living in this earthly world and having that heavenly mind that i mean there was tension there what makes me think i'm not gonna have tension in my life
1: So if that's our model for Success <laughs> And we're pretending we can do something different Maybe we're Maybe we're missing out on something <laughs> I like it Yeah, absolutely
0: Absolutely I think if Jesus was only heavenly minded He would have never come to earth He would have never would have never done any of the things that he did here on
1: earth. That's a really good point. And so, we live in that tension between here's what heaven calls us to and having these thoughts about purity and morality and the highest value and and meaning and all of that. (laughs) And the reality of Getting the laundry done and loving our kids and loving our spouse and not cussing out the neighbor because they (laughs) did something we don't like or not hating our neighbor even though we're not willing to use cuss words because they didn't do something we didn't like or did something or whatever it is. You know, telling ourselves we're better than because we don't use cuss words or we do use cuss words. Just getting so caught up in all of these Trivial things.
0: What is that word? The minutia
1: Yes. The minutiae of life. The little details that don't have anything to do with loving God or loving people. Yeah. And they're so easy to get caught in because they're there all the time. They're nagging at us. So, how do I love God and do my laundry? How do I love God and clean my room? Another little shout out to Jordan Peterson. Clean your room. (laughs) But how do I love God in the order? And how do I love God in the chaos? How do I come to terms with my life is... Still used by God even when I'm disappointed with certain aspects of it or happy about certain aspects of it. It's easy to think that just because I'm happy about a situation, that means God is too. Oh, <laughs> That's not necessarily true. Even when I did my best and got a result that made me feel good, that doesn't mean that I was in alignment with what God wanted. so yes that that prayer yesterday we did some thanksgiving stuff we talked about the magic words to use when interacting with god and it's thank you thank you god that my life is what it is thank you god that i am who i am thank you god that you give me the energy to honor you and love you and love other people and coming back to that gratitude um, recognizing, like we put into practice, saying out loud, God exists. God works all things for good. I surrender control to you, God. Being able to hear ourselves say those words. And if you're out there and you're listening to this, repeat after me God exists. God is making all things work together for good. I surrender control to God. My shoulders release some tension when I say that. I'm able to take a deep breath when I say that. Because I'm so caught up in, once again, those inner vows, trying to control my suffering, trying to decide how much or how little I'm willing to suffer today. It's just driving me insane trying to decide who I'm supposed to be or who I'm going to be. I'm going to be different today. And we're coming into the season, folks. You know that in January more people will be at the gym than normal, even with all this COVID stuff. Or you're going to see all the people buying their new, whatever it is, newest fitness technology that's going to sit there and gather dust. And we do it every year in this wonderful cycle we spend a month and a half eating ourselves to, to happiness <laughs> so-called and then we get on the all right I'm gonna have my new fitness goals and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get healthy this year and then we get back to whatever other spin cycle we're caught in so hey God has given me everything that I need to be who he made me to be. He's made me everything that I need to be. Man, if I could really believe that. And God will change me when he needs to change me into what he needs me to be. Okay. So I don't have to be a pastor. I don't have to have a worldwide missions organization. Those are some things I grew up with. That's what my pastor did and who he was. I forget he was also a husband and a father and a guy who had to do his laundry put his pants on one leg at a time so i don't have to be any of those things i can be who god has created me to be and who i am right now and continue to remember that while i talk about pursuing god and pursuing relationship with god he is pursuing me And maybe I'm the one who, in my pursuit of God, in my pursuit of morality, in my pursuit of being these words that are in the Bible, I'm actually running away from God, but luckily he's still pursuing me. And that's a hopeful thought. It's a hopeful idea. Maybe it's okay that I'm not all the things that I thought I was supposed to be, and God is still pursuing me. anything else my love just want to hold my hand I appreciate that it's nice to know you're here with me oh God give us wisdom tune our spirits to you and in that tuning of our spirits to you remind us that we don't have to be anything other than who and what we are because you made us and you love us and you're in pursuit of us And maybe if we'll just sit down for a minute and stop trying to figure out how to be more pure, more business savvy, more financially sound, more whatever, more empathetic, more more wise, more truthful, more this, more that, maybe we don't need to be more, we just need to be yours. God help us help us to stop all of this frantic running around trying to figure out trying to be trying to feel trying to all the things that life gets me caught up in and I'm guessing it gets everyone else caught too they're good things some of these things that's what makes it so difficult God, some of these things are good things, but that doesn't mean they're the ultimate thing and they're the best thing. So help us, Lord, to have the wisdom to know that our God gives us everything we need and makes us everything we're to be, everything we're supposed to be. We love you, God. Thank you for this day. For all of you out there, we hope that you'll Come meet with us, chat with us, let us know how your reality is going, and how you are exactly who God made you to be. You don't need to be anything more or anything less. We're grateful to have you here with us in whatever form you're you're connecting with us. Let us know you're out there because you do inspire us. And we're grateful for you.
0: Follow and subscribe on Twitch to chat with us.
1: Like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: Thank you for joining us on this adventure.
1: Much love, Tully Adventures.